0: 2022 housing market it is insane and if you're out there and you're ready to buy a home you probably have a whole bunch of questions and if you're paying attention to the current speed of the market and the rising prices well then you definitely want to get those answers and you want to get them quick so don't be self-conscious about being thirsty for information knowledge is power i'm ready to figure it out how about you let's go What is up, my how-to-buy homies? I'll tell you what's up. Home prices. Whew. Hey gang, I'm David Sedoni, and this is the How to Buy a Home podcast brought to you by, well, it's just me, the How to Buy a Home guy. It's your first-time homebuyer specialist, advocate, cheerleader, and truth teller. Today, we're going to go over a few things that buyers ask me about all the time. Today's topics are going to be, what are the fees when I buy a home? Also, moving date details. The day you get your keys, the most exciting day. Well, I have some crucial information to help you avoid moving day horror stories. And the last topic today, love letters to use or not to use and the secrets that are going to help you win a bidding war and get you the house that you love. Okay, let's do a quick market check-in before we jump into the topics. What's happening right now? It's March 2022 as I record this. uh, And what's happening with other buyers, not only working with me, but from all around the country. First, I will give you a quick personal story. Now, I have some wonderful clients that bought a new-build home in 2014. They didn't call me, but what the hell, I still talk to them. They're nice. They actually called me around 2017, been in the house for three years, and they realized their family would soon be growing. So that new condo was going to be getting kind of small for them pretty soon. Well, we touch base off and on. And as it often gets, when you have a child, you lose track of time. So we talked about every three months or every six months. Now, fast forward to four months ago, and there's a big update. Yeah, they've got the the kid that is now, you know, I don't know, four-ish, five-ish, but twins are on the way. To join their first child, the reason why we first started talking back in 2017, the very long story summarized, it goes like this. Phone rings. Sidoni, we're having twins. We need to sell. So I replied, okay, let's see. November now. Can you guys hang out till February? We'll get the most money on the sale then, and we can get you in a new home before June when the missus here is set to release the twins to the world. Yep, they said. Cool. So I marketed the home with my big, full marketing package, (laughs) and I honed and perfected that marketing technique, let's say that instead, over 16 years. Uh, I called all my contacts in real estate that I know all over the place, and I even split the listing because I knew uh, someone that I've worked with before. She's a track specialist in that area, and so I was like, she's awesome. I'm cool with it. That's going to net my people the most money because my concern is always my people's bottom line, not mine. Fast forward, 10 offers on the house in just six hours on the market. <laughs> Sold for 50000 over the list price plus three months free rent back. So if you're wondering if it's a competitive market, the answer is yes. So we started putting off our new houses, found one we love, got there early, worked the rapport with the listing agent at the open house. Turns out she has a grandkids who are twins. So there was a lot of bonding going on at the open house between my, I always hesitate to say this, my big bellied, is that? No. My very twin pregnant looking buyer and the grandma who also had grandkid twins. So We saw a few more houses, and my buyer said, You know what, that first one, that's the one. So they went home. I got back in my car and drove over to meet Miss Listing Agent, had a personal chat with her. She recognized me immediately when I walked in. You know what she said? She said, It's the twins guy. So I asked her questions, was very professional, but also personable. And I discovered that not only was the client that was selling that home older and had an emotional attachment to the home, but I found out the agent who I was talking to, she wasn't even from the area. She was doing this as a favor for one of her older sellers who really needed to trust the realtor she was working with. So she used this person who wasn't even from the area. Hmm. Fast forward to this morning. By taking all that information to presenting a clean and professional offer with full validation of the buyer's finances and... By letting the other agent know that me and my team will handle all the details because she doesn't want to, well, then we're going to take a lot off her and her client's plate. So this deal is going to be easy peasy for her. So we got the home, even though her phone was ringing off the hook. Every time I called her, she kept telling me, oh, everybody's calling me. I just want to talk to all these people. I talked to the seller about you and they love you guys and the twins. So, oh, so the moral of that story Now more than ever, you need a unicorn realtor to help you in this competitive market, someone who understands every aspect of the negotiation, not just the schmoozy part, but also how to be a professional and present a professional offer. Discount agents, new agents, part-timers, they won't have the savvy to know what to look for. They won't know what questions to ask. They won't know how to present an offer that is best suited for the seller and the seller's realtor also. It's a combination of reputation, professional skills, and presentation of you, as well as your offer. And then of course, the people skills. That is a unicorn. And it's worth far more to you being the buyer than anything else that you can learn. That was a true story. Yeah, I know. It sucks because they love the facts. So that was a wonderful true story. And now it's time for a salty Dave truth bomb. I'm about to drop some knowledge that might bum some of you out. If you want to try and beat the system by doing it yourself or by using one of those discount buyers agents that give kickbacks to the buyers, I can almost guarantee you that in pretty much, you know, almost every circumstance, the money that you quote unquote save in comparison to having a unicorn represent you. When you're using that discount, realtor giving you the kickback. And remember, your unicorn is free. It's going to be, what's the phrase? Oh yeah, peanuts. Peanuts, I say, in comparison, it's going to be peanuts compared to the so-called discount. The money that you think that you're going to be saving when you're getting a kickback from someone giving you a discount or from you trying to do it all by yourself. And so I just got to let you know, this is the truth bomb part. If that's you right there, and you still think that that's what you can do, wrong podcast. I want everybody to be set up to win. And what I'm trying to tell you is there are ways to set yourself up to win where I have stats and data and all kinds of information that shows you how you can beat the system best. Imagine that you're on trial for murder, okay? Now, you obviously would wanna hire the best defense attorney in town or You know, if you can't afford that, what do you have to do? Well, then you have to find one that's cheaper and offering their services to you at a better rate. Well, here's the way it works when you're a buyer in the market, the way it's working right now in 2022. All buyers, realtors are working pro bono. That's free to you. You just have to find them and hire them. So hire the best. And one more current market update. And this one's got a moral, but it sounds a little scary, but don't bum out. You got to wait till the end to hear the moral of the story. Listener wrote in and said, thanks, David. We appreciate the check-in. Well, that's nice. Yeah, the market's bonkers right now. We have our approval and we've seen several places. We haven't put any offers in yet, though, because we were informed when we were getting ready to write an offer that they were $80,000 over asking price with other offers. And that put it way outside our budget. Patience, persistence, perseverance. That has been our motto. Viewing another property tomorrow, hoping it goes well, appreciate everything though. We love our unicorn team, so we know we're in good hands. A fresh set of new properties each week here in Denver. Pretty cool, huh? So definitely keeps us on our toes. So the moral is, yes, homes are going for way over list price. And yeah, you might look at a list price and think you got it, then realize, ooh, we do not have 80000 over that. Now, is that fair for you? Hell no. Does that make sense for you? No, no. Is it logical? But if you work the three Ps in the 2022 market, you're going to have better chance. Patience, persistence, perseverance. And whether you're in Denver or Orange County or, you know, where I am, or if you're in Chicago or Portland or anywhere else all over the U.S. or Canada, I'm getting reports of new inventory coming out every single week, just like they did in Denver, as the winter thaws out and the spring market heats up. Okay, that's your current market update. Let's get to the topics we're going to go over today. Topic number one, what are the fees when I buy a home? This is a question I get a lot. And I understand it's a major concern to you when you're pinching pennies, just trying to come up with your down payment. So here's a quick breakdown. You're going to need your down payment. Now, it's zero dollars if you're military or a veteran. It's called a VA loan. And if you're eligible, you can put zero down or you can put whatever you want down. Also, it doesn't have to be zero. But if you're a veteran, this loan is so bitchin', so supremely dope, so buyer favorable that you got to figure out a way to use this loan. The rest of us civilians, we can go 3% down, 3.5% down or whatever you want, 5, 10, 15, 20 or higher. So that's the one cost that you're counting for. Then, on top of your down payment, you also have your closing costs. More on that in a minute. Then, in most states in the U.S. and provinces up in Canada, you have to put down what we call an earnest money deposit. It's also known as earnest money, good faith deposit. And in some states, like in North Carolina, they call it a due diligence fee. And sometimes that's even an extra fee. That's a non-refundable fee, allowing the buyer at any time during the due diligence period to bail on it. But their rules and laws are a little bit different. Check with your local unicorn to get your state's laws. Also, the amount of your earnest money, that's your initial deposit once you get accepted on the home. It varies from area to area. But in California, in this competitive market, you best be putting down the max, which is 3% of the sales price. Some people, they put down a real small earnest money deposit. But that just shows you got no skin in the game. And you might keep the house off the market for a week or two, and then bail. So they want to see that you're serious about it. In most states, the earnest money deposit, it shouldn't be looked at as an extra fee. So, so far, what you're doing is you're saving before you get ready to buy the house. You're saving up your down payment and your closing costs. Now you get the house and you got to put your earnest money deposit down, but really, you just subtract that from your down payment. It should be looked at as the first chunk of your down payment, not as an extra fee. Most of the time what happens is you deposit it into account on the West Coast, it's an escrow company and other parts of the country, it's title companies or a closing company. And you do that just after the days that you get your home accepted, your offer accepted on the home. Now that home that will get cashed and it'll be held by that neutral third party, even though you're still in your inspection period, your due diligence period, your buyer beware period. Now, should you do your inspections and your due diligence and you decide that you're ready to move forward with the home, well, then that money stays there and at the closing of your transaction, it just gets allocated towards your down payment. So it's not a fee. It's going to count towards your down payment. It's just held as a good faith deposit and it's earmarked to be added to your down payment when you officially decide to buy the home. Which brings us to another edition of why do we say that? Earmarked. Who knows why we say that? Okay, first of all, did you know that when you spell out earmarked, the correct spelling is actually one word, a compound word with no space? And for those of you city folks that don't know why you say earmarked, I bet some of my people on the farms do know. Here's a hint. The saying comes from a livestock term. Yeah, it's where the ears of the domestic animals were cut in specific ways so the farmers could distinguish their stock from other grazing on the, on the public land. So in general, cows, you get a raw deal, bro. <laughs> you branded, ears cut so I can figure out who you are. Not to mention the whole embarrassment of the milking process. That just doesn't look very dignified. And I guess I suppose the whole becoming a hamburger and steaks, that's no picnic either, right? So where were we? Oh yeah, fees. Okay, so you got your saving for your down payment, saving for your closing costs, and then you take from your down payment and you put it into your earnest money deposit. Now you're under contract. Now this is where you have a couple more non-refundable fees that are gonna happen during your inspection, due diligence, buyer beware period, your period where you can still back out of the deal. So that means the fees that are gonna happen is you're gonna need some cash during the contract period, within the first week or so of the acceptance, and you're gonna pay for these services, they will get done for you, and if you back out of the deal, you don't get refunded if you decide not to make the purchase. They're your inspection and your appraisal. They both have fees. Now they can vary. Inspections can be three to five hundred dollars for a general inspection and like two to three hundred if you're going to do a sewer inspection. And for anything extra, like a, a detailed septic, a geological inspection, or a survey, for that, you're going to have to check with your local unicorn realtor. Things are different everywhere. We don't even have septic where I am here in California. Most people in California, they do a general inspection, and then sometimes they'll throw in the sewer. And if the general inspection calls for more detailed, specialized inspections for areas that have major issues, well, then that's up to the buyer to decide if they want to pay for it. And the second money that you pay cash out of pocket that is non refundable if you bail on the deal, your appraisal fee. If you need a loan to buy a home, and most of us do, well, then you're going to need an appraisal. This is what the bank uses to verify the value of the home. They only want to issue a loan up to the appraised value. And that's done by a neutral third party. So the reason they do it is if you buy the home, you get the keys and then all of a sudden you're all dancing in the street celebrating and y'all get hit by a bus, well then the bank's on the hook for the loan. And that means they're on a hook for whatever the appraised value the home was. So in other words, you can't just try to beat somebody out by an offer by making your offer $25,000 more than the last person was because the appraisal that has to match the actual value of the home. And sure, everybody wants to do that. Well, okay, these homes are selling like you know 300, but let's offer 325. You know, it's only an extra, what, $135 a month for the next 30 years, no big deal. But hey, sure, that's no big deal to you, but if you are roadkill the day that you own it, now the bank owns the home for less of a value than their loan. So unless you waive the appraisal, which, You know, I understand a lot of people are doing it right now, but please do not waive the appraisal unless you understand what that entails. And if you understand it, go for it, because it might be the only way you can get a home in this crazy market. But that appraisal fee is part of your cash out of pocket. you got to pay for the inspection and you have to pay for the appraisal, even if you don't buy the home. And you could be paying anywhere from $450 to maybe $800 for the average first time home buyer. And in most areas, these two items, that's it. Those are the expenses for your out-of-pocket fees. Now, it's different everywhere, but that's pretty much kind of the standard. You're paying for your inspection and your appraisal. And then we got to come back to your closing costs. This is another one of those questions I get all the time. And for this one, I understand why nobody has tried to explain it to you. Because it is as far from an exact science as anything could ever be. For 16 years, I've been trying to explain this to people. The only one thing I know for sure about closing costs is that if you are a meticulous spreadsheet-loving, down-to-the-penny shopper, you are going to hate this. Oh, did you see that on the microphone? I said, hate this. Angry Mike. And guess what? Me and my angry Mike, there's nothing we can do to help you about it. So for you super anal peeps, think of the closing costs as... I'll license a license and registration fee to buy a car. You can't get around it. It's mandatory. Nothing you can do about it. So even if you think there's a cheaper way to do it, well, now you gotta get your butt cheeks even more tightened up, lemon juice style. Because there is never an exact amount until the moment that you have to cough up your check. And we don't even know what that could be. It could be anywhere from one and a half percent to two and a half percent. That's all I got for you guys. One and a half to two and a half percent. That's what closing costs are. And I can't tell you what it's going to be. And to freak you out even more, neither can your unicorn realtor or your lender or your escrow or title people or your closing company or your real estate attorney or your super smart uncle who bought six houses. Nobody can give you the exact numbers until you get the actual closing date and until they've had a chance to look at multiple different factors. That are going to be part of the closing costs. Now I get it. I've seen smoke coming out of the ears of some of my clients when I tell them this. So here's my best suggestion. If your little spreadsheet makes you all warm and comfy when you tuck yourself in at light, prepare for it not to total out because you're going to have one entry with a question mark, your closing costs and it's going to be there. You can put in some numbers, but I'd make them all squiggly and you know, wavy because they're not real more butt pucker happening. Mm -hmm. If this sounds like you and you're starting your home purchase planning, I suggest first you find yourself a unicorn team and then you immediately find a psychiatrist and get on some meds. The uncertainty comes from two sets of fees in the closing costs. The first fees are all set fees. Those are the ones you like. Set fees. The second ones are moving part fees that come in Many different varieties in every different state. And depending on the exact day you close, that's how they calculate them. And they're all related to calendar events. So the technical term for these are non-recurring and recurring closing costs. The non-recurring closing costs, the set fees. Now, those include your escrow or title company costs or your closing company costs or your attorney costs, depending on what part of the country you live in. You're also going to have your loan costs or your lender free fees. Freeze? <laughs> Lenders aren't free, guys. Your lender fees. And if you've decided to do anything funky, any other upfront loan fees, depending on the specific type of loan and options that you chose. So even the set fees have some variables in them. Now, for the non-set fees, the recurring closing costs... The ones related to the calendar on the day that you close, these are the ones no one can calculate until we figure out exactly when you're going to be closing. And that's where it gets really funky. Your first mortgage payment is going to be a prepayment for the remaining days in the month that you close. So if you close near the front of the month, well, then you've got to pay, you know, 15, 20 days or so for the rest of the month. So that's a larger number and that's part of your closing costs. But what if you close near the end of the month? Well, then it's obviously smaller, which means now you don't have to put as much in, so your closing costs get less. See how confusing this is? But that's just the beginning. In some states, you have to prepay your HOA dues. And in some areas, you're going to have to pay local taxes or city fees that fall under the prepaid. But it depends on when you fall in the payment calendar of those prepayments. Now, the big one, besides when you're where you land on the calendar with your mortgage is your property taxes. If you've gotta pay property taxes where you're buying a home, you have to prepay those taxes within the the tax calendar. So you could be prepaying five months of taxes, which is gonna be a lot, or if you're getting close to when the next taxes are due, you might only be paying one month ahead of time. So now that can completely jack up your closing costs and raise it by a couple grand or drop it by a couple grand. And all of these fees can't be calculated until you have the exact calendar day that your home's going to close and you know how exactly when it's going to record with your local county. So in summary, closing costs are usually near around roughly approximately generally could be close to one and a half to two and a half percent maybe. So the fees to buy a home, they're these. Earnest money deposit, inspection and appraisal fees, and closing costs. Ta-da! That's what you're going to need over and above your down payment. So if you're cutting it tight, I'd say just add 3% to your down payment savings, or really tight, you could cut it to maybe two and a half, depending on the price and the loan that you're going to be using. Okay, second topic. Closing day. The most exciting day of the entire process. The one that I have seen crush more excited buyers than I care to remember. Why am I laughing at that? Oh, I'm like that nervous teenager laughing when they know they're about to get busted. That was mean. It's not funny. There are two big things I want to tell you about closing day. And if you keep these two things at heart, I guarantee you that you'll avoid the horror stories that are out there. Because... There are people that have stories about expecting to get the keys one day, and they didn't. And those delays are inevitable and probably should have been explained to them. So first thing, people in the real estate industry do their best, I promise you. But I can tell you, no matter what they tell you, until they actually give you the keys and say, we have recorded this deed Closing dates are fluid, fluid. Don't think that is set in stone. If you learn anything from this podcast, well, actually, you know what? There's something else. First, I want you to walk away from this podcast realizing that the music of the mid-1980s was far and away the most diverse and inclusive era in music. I mean, top 40 back then, it included hair metal, cheesy pop, good pop, emo, techno early hip-hop, solo saxophone artists, new wave, power ballads with both singer-songwriters and metal bands, ska, punk, new country, the beginnings of alternative rock, and the end of classic rock with harmonic guitars and vocals. That is a straight-up fact. And you need to know it. You should know and understand the joy of the local Top 40 station. Imagine what I was going through in my high school days. Back to back on the Top 40 radio, I could hear Madonna, Kenny G, Depeche Mode, Public Enemy, Iron Maiden, Whitney Houston, Bon Jovi, Michael Bolton, Michael Jackson, Run DMC, Lionel Richie, Metallica, Phil Collins, Madness, Guns N' Roses, Journey, Prince, The Smiths, The Cars, The Cure, Bruce Springsteen, and U2. And they were all on the Top 40 chart. Now, that is the number one thing that I want you to take away from this podcast. The second most important thing I can tell you is closing date is fluid. Now, if you hate the word fluid, like you hate the word moist, good. I want you to remember it. I want you to hate this. Closing date is fluid. See, now, if you hate that statement, you'll never forget it. So never expect to close on the day they told you. Now, if it does happen for you, yay, happy surprise. Don't plan a party on the day that you expect to get your keys. Don't have your parents fly in to meet you and the realtor to open the front door. Don't order a moving truck and have all your belongings packed away. And don't drive across country expecting that you will for sure have a place to unload or, you know, I don't know, sleep. And don't ever have your last day in your apartment be the same day as you were told you're going to get your keys. It's fluid. And it may not be exactly the day they tell you that they hope to close. There are tons of moving parts. Plan an overlap. Enjoy the fun of running around an empty house that you own with nothing in it. And, you know, if you're one of the lucky ones that closes on time on the day everyone else is shooting for, you get a big empty house to play with. Good for you. And the second thing about closing dates, put the utilities in your name before you close. Don't you dare me, you cheapskate. I've been doing this long enough to see some tight wads, some frugal buyers decide they're not going to change utilities until the very last day in their name because they don't want to spend the money for that extra couple of days, only to find out that the seller was more of a cheap wad than they were. And they turned the utilities off oh a couple more days early before they moved out because they cleaned up and got out of there. Now, trust me on this one, gang. Sometimes the reconnect fees are hundreds of dollars and it might take One or two weeks before the utility people can get out there. And you're going to wish that you'd spent the 84 cents a day for that damn water bill. And our third topic of the day is love letters. Now, once it was a great way to sway the minds and hearts of your sellers to get them to choose your offer over everyone else, or in a less competitive market, when you were the only offer, you use your love letter to maybe get a better price or get a better deal on the property, right? Well, just a heads up. The practice of love letters is currently under some severe scrutiny. It actually has been for a little while, but recently it's gone into all the way up to state courts. The full system. Anyone got an idea why? Why would love letters cause a problem? Do you know? Hola, soy Dora. Can you say discrimination? So look, don't shoot the messenger here. I'm simply reporting what has been rumbling for a while now. We have federal judges and state attorneys, generals battling out in courts all across the country. And in most states, they're actually no longer allowed. The bottom line is, by the time you hear this in your ear holes, the laws may have changed. But it seems like this will eventually be deemed illegal everywhere because the seller could discriminate based on on ethnicity, family unit, sexual orientation, age, gender, or other information that could be used for or against the certain buyers. Sellers in that way, what they will be doing is they'd be violating the fair housing laws. In any attempt to connect or not connect with the sellers intentionally or unintentionally, it could be discrimination against others. So the laws are being changed. So the sellers are only going to be judging their offers on merit alone. So instead, if you're looking for a way to make your offer appealing because now you're bummed out, you can't write a love letter. Well, do that. Make your offer more appealing. Without the emotional backdoor, sellers are going to react to things like uh, money, better terms, tighter timeframes, and stronger commitments to the deal, possibly even waiving some contingencies, and a strong professional presentation of the offer. And unicorns know how to do that. So have yourself a super bitchin' professional, respected unicorn realtor who knows how to present a great offer. But they also know how to present you well, without violating any of the fair housing laws. Remember the story of my clients having twins? I didn't say nothing. I just showed up and they started talking about twins. And that was the selling agent. Now that's that listing agent. It's up to them what they do and what they say. So looking back on these topics, do me a favor. Raise your hand right now. If you learn just one thing that you didn't know before you listen to this podcast right now, raise your hand. Okay. I'm picturing some cute couples lying in bed together both raising their hand, someone on a treadmill freaking out the gym because they hoisted their hand up for no reason. And I'm also picturing some person chasing their dog down the street because they raised their hand and it was the leash hand and they accidentally let go of the dog and it ran away. Sorry about that. Well, if you learned just one thing today, share this podcast with a friend. If more questions come to your head that I didn't answer today, go ahead, go to howtobuyhome.com and ask me yourself. Find more information on Instagram at David Sedoni or the How to Buy a Home podcast. And don't forget to check out the How to Buy a Home podcast YouTube channel. Rate and review. Spread the love. And if you still have your hand up right now, what the hell are you doing? Put it down. Keep listening. More episodes. More market updates coming. And if you want a local Unicorn to help you with your specific questions, just ask. 2022 has been a challenging year for buyers with more questions than answers. But the podcast has been getting more people connected than ever ever this year because listeners, they're getting empowered and they're connecting with the unicorn who listens to them and answers their question. And eventually the unicorn, just like me, tells them the same thing I tell you every week. You can do this.